Hello, and thank you for listening to Girl Wonder. My name is Joe Rochelle, and I'm just your everyday girl talking about your favorite webtoons. Today, you're in for a treat because we will be listening to three different Lore Olympus fan fiction stories read to you out loud by three different voiceover actors. This is something I've never done before, but I hope to do more often, especially as the podcast transitions into more standalone episodes like this one. Please know that we are barely scratching the surface of Lore Olympus fan fiction, or even Webtoon fan fiction in general. This is just a sampling of what is out there. Before we start, I have to encourage you to support Lore Olympus author Rachel Smythe on Patreon. It's super easy to join, and remember, it is encouraged to be 18 or older. My favorite parts of being one of her patrons are the wallpapers, the Discord group, because people are kind and welcoming there, and her chitty chats where Rachel breaks down the episodes. It's like a mini podcast episode with Rachel's voice. So if Lore Olympus brings you joy, support it at www.patreon.com slash loreolympus. I want to say thank you to the writers Goldie, Scholarly Dragon, and Jesse for giving me permission to share your writing. Thank you to the voiceover actors Ruka, James, and Sox for lending your beautiful voices to this podcast. You are all very talented people. All right, let's get into it. We're starting with A Quiet Place, where Persephone finds herself at a quiet cafe on a Saturday morning to get away from the noise of Olympus. I asked the author Goldie, or you might know her as Goldilocks, how did you come to write this story? And it's because Laura Olympus stresses her out in the best way possible. Let's listen to Goldie. I empathize too closely with characters, so I feel what I imagine they feel. So I wrote what I imagine they need and want, because it's what I need and want. So fanfiction writers, and really all writers, write the stories that they need and the stories that they want to read themselves. But the idea that someone like Persephone doesn't belong, that she doesn't fit in, that Persephone is too good to be in the underworld, and I wanted to explore that space in a warm, fuzzy, safe corner. I hope you guys enjoy. The next voice you'll hear is Ruka Samuels. You might recognize her from the My Dear Cold-Blooded King webtoon dub, where she voices May. You can find her on Twitter at Ruka underscore Samuels. Or on Patreon at patreon.com slash Ruka Samuels. She also has an awesome Discord server, so get on it, you guys. A Quiet Place by Goldilocks While the tea steeped, Persephone pulled the cuffs of her sweater down her palms and inhaled the scent of woolen fabric, like she would a bouquet of flowers. Feeling right at home, she hiked up one leg underneath herself in the corner booth. She picked her book up in one hand and flipped to the dog-eared page to continue reading. In her other hand, she curled the cup of tea, bringing it to her lips and blowing on the hot water to bring the steam back up to warm her nose. When her other hand would get cold, she switched the book for the tea. Saturday mornings were slow in the underworld. 
a dead city, quite literally. Every now and then, she'd look up from her book and watch a couple on the sidewalk, or a gorgon out walking her dog. From far in the corner, it felt like the people on the other side of the glass were worlds away. She sipped her tea, letting the warm chamomile drip down and heat her up from the inside. Then she turned back to her book and traveled to even further worlds within the ink of the pages. A shadow passed over the page and she looked up at the blushing barista. He held out a shaking hand and a platter of cookies. Would you like a sample, he offered, with an embarrassing hilt in his voice. Oh, sure. What kind are these? She smiled politely. Cookies, the barista blurted out. Persephone waited for a more thorough answer, but it didn't come. The barista dropped the whole plate of cookies on her table and quickly turned around. She eyed the room for a second. She was the only one in here. Why was he trying to offer out samples? She shrugged, grabbed a cookie, and returned back to her reading. She began twisting her hair up as the tension rose in her book, braiding it into a bun, then letting it tumble out of the twist to cascade down her shoulders and starting over again. A shadow passed over her page. This time, she held up a finger, not wanting to be interrupted from an important moment in the story. She smiled at the resolution and sighed, then remembered the shadow. I don't need anything right now. She expected the half-startled barista again, but instead she turned right into the coat of Hades. Uh, sorry, Hades backed up. I see that you're reading. I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, Persephone gasped. I was really rude just now. I'm sorry. I thought you were the barista. It's all right. I didn't mean to. Sorry. Hades floundered. I just was walking Fudge. This is his favorite spot. He motioned to the brown mound of hair currently lapping up a shallow cup of whipped cream. And I saw you in the corner here and just wanted to. He bit his lip. Wanted to say hi. He finally came to a conclusion. What are you doing here? He asked. Something like annoyance knitted his eyebrows together. It's Saturday. You don't work today. It became clear that he didn't mean, what are you doing in this coffee shop, but what are you doing in the underworld? Oh, yeah. Persephone kicked a shoulder up to her neck. The sweater gently fell down her arm to reveal a few freckles on her shoulder. Well, it's quiet here. She nodded to her book, then gestured outside. It's dark and quiet, and I feel like I can breathe here, you know? Hades' chest ached somewhere in the middle, and a little to the left. Taking his silence as some kind of judgment, she continued on. It's just nice to not have all those personalities in Olympus barging in all the time. I just like to be alone sometimes, and, uh, and the sun's been uncomfortably bright. It's so dark here. It's, it's just nice to get away and feel like myself again. If Hades was an ice cube, he'd be melting. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'll leave you to it then. I understand the need to be alone. He tightened his grip on Fudge's leash, wrinkling the newspaper under his arm. Do you? Persephone squeezed the book to her chest. Do you want to join me? Oh, I don't want to intrude. Hades held his hand up, internally screaming at himself. We could just sit and be quiet together, she offered hopefully. Persephone read happily, occasionally peering over the edge of her book at Hades as he perused the newspaper. Fudge curled up at Persephone's feet after being thoroughly petted. She would smile when Hades caught her looking at him and duck back down to her book, both of them hiding blushes behind their readings. As delightful as catching her look at him was, his favorite part of sharing this quiet morning was whenever she put her book down to drink her tea. She would stare absently out the window at the city of Hades, and she would smile, lean into the cushion at her back, 
and sigh contently before picking her book back up again. They didn't talk about all the things they wanted to say to each other. They didn't talk about all the things they were afraid to hear from the other. Instead, they just enjoyed the quiet morning together. They didn't need to talk about the way Persephone's feet gently grazed along Hades' calf, rubbing against his sock and messing with the hem of his pants. At first, it could have been an accident. But Hades didn't move, and neither did Persephone. No, they just continued to read in their safe, dark, quiet space together, not needing to say anything at all. The End If you want to read more work from Goldilocks, go to archiveofourown.org and look her up. It's spelled G-O-L-D-I-E-L-O-C-H-S. Imagine Hades pacing in his office, thinking about the pink goddess. That's where the story Cold and Broken takes us, to Hades' point of view back when he was writing that letter to Persephone back in episode 47 of Lore Olympus. Let's hear from the author, Scholarly Dragon. I began reading Lore Olympus in October 2018 after a friend told me about it. I was immediately hooked by the art and the storytelling. I actually binged the 30 or so chapters that were out at that point at 3 in the morning instead of sleeping before work. I started writing Lore Olympus fanfic in December of 2018 and put out a lot of stories very quickly. I found Lore Olympus to be... um, prolific writing material for fan fiction. Uh, I was listening to Rufus Wainwright's cover of the song Hallelujah, and it reminded me strongly of Hades and Minth. Um, and I immediately began working on the story. I deeply enjoy doing character studies, stories where you can really get into a character's head and explore their feelings and motivations. For Hades in particular, our dorky king, I enjoy exploring the contrast between uh, the powerful executive king and emotionally confused dweeb. Cold and Broken was a perfect chance to do that, given his turmoil over Minth and Persephone and his own inability to get out of his own way. So basically, Cold and Broken was inspired by a song, as so many of my fanfics end up being, and then it just became an excuse to play around in Hades' head and really get into what what he might have been feeling uh, de- during that uh, evening and night with Minth before he wrote the letter to Persephone. Uh, I want to thank y'all so much for reading my stories. It means a great deal to me that y'all are reading and enjoying them. The next voice you'll hear is James Digit. He's a voiceover actor who you might recognize from a Lore Olympus webtoon comic dub on YouTube, where he plays Hades. You can find James on his YouTube channel, which is James Digit, or on Twitter at HapaxVA. Cold and Broken by Scholarly Dragon It's not a cry you can hear at night. It's not somebody who's seen the light. It's a cold, and it's a broken, hallelujah. Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. The rain had turned back to snow once more. Hades watched the flakes fall, trying desperately not to feel, not to remember, as the tendrils of smoke curled upward from a cigarette, buffeting gently against the window glass. The dark shape in the bed reflected in the window, was still. 
He leaned his head against the cold window pane, trying not to wonder if there were any stray flower petals left in the guest room. He'd sought for hours to be as quiet and untroubled as the snowfall outside, unconcerned by thoughts of scholarship, maidenhood, laughing pink eyes, or tears on scarlet cheeks. For hours, he'd failed. No matter how he tried, no matter how he twisted and turned, desperately seeking a return to the dull certainty of before, when the idea of simply being okay had been something to settle for, something with which to be content, before everything had gone to shit. With a muffled growl, he turned away from the window, padding out of the bedroom. Staying still wasn't helping. He needed to do something. Needed to push back against the feeling that he was being suffocated. It was all the more infuriating that he couldn't have said what exactly was suffocating him. Take your pick. It's not like you have a lack of options to choose from. On that day alone, from the argument with Thanatos to Tartarus to... No. Hades wrenched his mind back from thoughts of pink eyes twinkling with mischief over chess pieces. With the discovery of the scholarship, any chance he had, however slim, was out the window. If his crush had been inappropriate before, it was well past that now. He paced into his office, trailing a cloud of smoke. Cerberus looked up from his bed in the corner. His dark head cocked inquisitively to one side as his master paced back and forth in the office. Life had been easier, simpler before. Without the complicating factors of pink goddesses, back when he could be as cold as a snowfall outside, the terrible unseen one, without yearning for the warmth in his chest, brought by simply seeing her smile. Damn it, no! He raked his hands through his hair with a growl, ignoring Cerberus's whine. From the moment he'd seen Persephone at the Panathenea, she'd left him reeling. Her complete openness with warmth, humor, affection, all the things he'd sworn he didn't need, things he'd never expected to find himself wanting. I need to put her out of my mind. With an effort, he wrenched his thoughts back to the nymph sleeping in the master bedroom. Mint's arrival after the turmoil of the day and evening had been such a tempting return to the safety of what he'd known. A retreat back to safer times when being okay was tolerable. Yet even the familiarity of her embrace had been crowded by memories and unwanted yearnings. Only days ago he'd be willing to settle. He'd told Zeus and Poseidon that Minth would be an okay queen of the underworld. He let out a humorless bark of laughter. There was that word again. Okay. Minth had cried out in his arms. Stop being nice to me. The words had rung painfully in his ears at the time, and even the memory of it was terrible now. He had never been what most would call nice. Never had seen a need for it, considering what most thought of him. Yet, now he'd tasted of warm regard, sweet affection, and he wanted more. He grimaced and stubbed out his cigarette, lighting another as more memories unraveled. You think I'm better than I actually am? Did he, though? Hades had never really been under any illusion that his relationship with Minth was a healthy one, but it worked for them. 
Two broken souls comfortable in the knowledge they could be broken together. Broken. It's not supposed to be like this. That was the most infuriating thing Persephone had brought with her. For ages, he'd been at least somewhat content with the knowledge that he couldn't expect better. Perhaps even shouldn't. But the concept of better had barged into his life without so much as a by-your-leave, in the form of a pink goddess with eager offers of affectionate friendship. I don't need it. I don't want this. But there was a lie at the crux of his turmoil. He did want it. Badly. He yearned for the strange, warm, and snuggly feeling that welled in his chest whenever he saw her, needed the sight of her smile and sound of her laughter, craved the possibility of more. Therein lay the problem. Even if it weren't for the damnable scholarship, there was no reason to think that Persephone would ever think of him in any way beyond her inexplicable offers of friendship. Again and again, regardless of how he turned it over in his mind, there was the inescapable fact. Persephone was not his, and never would be. He sank down in his desk chair and squeezed his eyes shut, a single tear escaping. I don't want to be just okay, but the alternative was impossible. He had to claw his way back to okay and forget anything else. He took a deep breath and raised his hands to the keys of the typewriter. Dear Persephone. If you want to read more work like this, search for Scholarly Dragon on archiveofourown.org. On the Lore Olympus Discord server, you can also find Scholarly Dragon as Uneven Prism, where you can find some more fanfiction as well. We are wrapping this up with a warm and intimate piece centered around Persephone and Hades called Distraction, where Persephone hides out at Hades' place for a little bit. Let's hear what the author Jesse had to say about it. Hi, I'm Jesse Ellis, the author of Distraction, a Lore Olympus fanfic. I had never written a single word of fanfiction before I started reading Lore Olympus. Distraction is the first story I ever started writing, and I started writing it after chapter 28 or thereabouts, which is the end of Persephone and Hades' late-night phone conversation. I started writing it because I wanted to know what was going to happen next, and I wanted Persephone to have a friend who was going to empower her and help her, and so I decided to run with one of my wilder theories, of which I have many, pretty much always. Joe specifically asked about the writing style of Distraction, which cuts back and forth between Hades and Persephone's points of view at fairly close intervals. I did it this way because I thought it would be a good way to make it clear when certain things were happening simultaneously when they're not in the same room together. I'm also not sure if I did this part intentionally, but I also like it because I feel like it helps to really illustrate how completely preoccupied they are with each other. The points of view skip around the way your thoughts kind of skip around when you're totally distracted by somebody you like. And even though it may not have been intentional, I think it works well. So that's that. Thank you so much for featuring my story, and I hope you all enjoy it. The next voice you'll hear is Socks. They edit the Lore Olympus webtoon comic dub on YouTube. You can find them on Twitter at AlonelySock, and you can subscribe to their YouTube channel at 
Katie Socks VA. Distraction by Jesse Ellis, a.k.a. Hey Jesse Pants. Chapter 1. Persephone lay in Hades' guest bed, in the dark, staring at the ceiling. She'd been staring for two hours, her mind racing with the events of the last four days, her body acutely aware of the god sleeping just a short walk down the hall. She shifted irritably. It was distracting. It was Wednesday night, or was it Thursday morning now? In the second night, she'd slept at Hades' house to avoid going home. To avoid him. Hades graciously opened up his home to her when she asked, and all he asked in return was, Is something going on? Do you want to talk about it? She declined, and he hadn't brought it up again. She dozed intermittently, waking with a start every time the house made some strange new noise. She had just started to drift away again when she was jolted awake by a strangled cry of, No! coming from somewhere down the hall. She lay frozen, listening, as quiet seconds ticked by, but she heard nothing else. Unnerved, she sat up and swung her bare legs over the edge of the bed. She stood and stretched briefly, then groped in the dark until she found the door and crept towards the faint blue light that she thought must be coming from Hades' room. She listened intently as she approached the door, but heard nothing. She peeked inside. Pale ambient light poured in through the huge floor-to-ceiling windows that filled the entire wall opposite. Once her eyes adjusted from the featureless black of the hallway, she saw Hades sitting on the edge of the bed with his head in his hands, the lines of his broad shoulders silhouetted against the window behind him. She padded over to him quietly, hesitant, wondering if she was intruding but concerned about his obvious distress. As she approached, he looked up, his eyes widening in surprise. Persephone, he breathed. Is everything all right? His hands dropped to his lap as he straightened. I'm all right, she whispered back, creeping closer until she was standing almost between his knees. She peered down at him. Are you? I heard you cry out. Hades' eyes widened further. You heard? I'm so sorry, Persephone. I didn't mean to wake you. You didn't. Persephone lied. I couldn't sleep. Did you have a bad dream? Do you want to talk about it? Hades stared up at her for a moment, then took her hands in his. I don't think I do right now, but... He hesitated and looked down, embarrassed. Would you stay with me for a little while? Of course I will. What can I do to help? Hades looked up at her and swallowed hard. Would you... Would you hold me for a bit? Persephone looked down into those eyes, looking at her with hope and fear and need, and nodded, heart pounding. Hades, still holding her hands, pulled her toward him and slowly wrapped his arms around her waist. Persephone stroked his hair as he lay his head on her chest, and he pulled her closer, closer still, drawing her in until she was on his lap. No! Hades jerked up as he tore himself out of sleep, cold sweat prickling his forehead and cheeks. He drew a shaking hand down his face. Thank gods I see my therapist tomorrow. He didn't want to lay back down, didn't want to sleep. He swung his bare legs over the side of the bed and sat there, his head dropping down into his hands. Why was he having the dream again? It had been more than a year since the last rash of nightmares. 
He'd thought he'd finally managed to process the trauma and move on. Apparently not. Suddenly, he felt someone quietly approaching him. He looked up. Persephone, he breathed. Persephone stood between his knees, regarding him with concern. Her short hair was tussled, and she was virtually swimming in the old Property of the Underworld t-shirt he lent her to sleep in. Oh, gods, I yelled in my sleep and woke her up. Hades' fingers twisted in his lap. Why couldn't she sleep? Was she too cold? He reached out and gently took her hands, engulfing them in his huge palms. Gods, I don't want to be alone. He looked down and swallowed hard. I, I need to touch her. He slowly drew her into his lap, his arms wrapped around her little waist. She settled her round bottom on his thighs and wrapped her arms around his shoulders, resting her cheek on the top of his head and stroking his hair, murmuring comforting nonsense. Hades buried his face in Persephone's neck, inhaling the sleepy scent of her. She began to rock him slowly, back and forth. He felt the walls he'd built up to protect himself in his solitude start to crumble. A jumble of feelings welled up from his chest until he felt like he would choke on them. He squeezed her tighter and began to shake. With a gasping sob, Hades, king of the underworld, god of the dead, began to cry. Persephone clung to the god, sobbing in her arms, emotion rolling off of him in such waves that she was overwhelmed by it. Tears slid down her own cheeks as she stroked hair, cheek, neck, and shoulder in what felt like a futile attempt to comfort him in the face of such powerful grief and sadness. But eventually the sobbing slowed to weeping, then to sniffles, then to silence. Persephone couldn't say how long they sat like that, taking silent comfort in each other's touch. But after a while, the natural cold of the underworld started seeping into her skin, despite Hades' warm arms wrapped around her. She shivered. Without a word, Hades gathered her up and started walking toward the door. Where are we going? Persephone asked. I'm taking you back to your room, he replied, his voice husky from crying. You're cold and you should sleep. I, I'd like to stay here. With you. Hades looked down at her and quirked an eyebrow. If that's all right. She finished in a shy whisper. Hades hesitated, and she felt what seemed like an almost involuntary squeeze where his hands held her at her ribcage and thigh. Please? Hades paused a moment longer, then turned. Never letting go of her, he stepped up onto the bed and sank down in the middle, cross-legged, Persephone still cradled in his lap. He laid back slowly pulling her with him. He moved his legs out from under her, turning her back towards his chest and curled himself around her. He pulled the blankets up over them both. It didn't take long for the heat radiating off of Hades to warm Persephone in their cocoon of blankets, and she sighed, eyes drooping. His right arm was wrapped protectively around her waist. The left arm served as a pillow, bent at the elbow so his hand could stroke her hair. She was vaguely aware of his hard thighs pressed against her bottom and his muscled chest against her back, but the warmth and spent emotion proved to be a powerful cocktail, and Persephone quickly faded into a dreamless sleep. Hades lay awake, listening to the soft breathing of the small pink goddess in his arms. Why on earth did I put her in a bed like this? I could have just set her down and let her get into bed on her own. But he knew that it was sheer reluctance to break the physical bond between them. If he were being totally honest with himself, 
He would have gotten into her bed in the guest room with her, if she'd asked him to, just to maintain that connection. Hades noticed a slight movement down in the area around his knees. He was puzzled for a moment, then realized that Persephone was rubbing her feet together in her sleep. Like a cricket, he murmured to himself, unconsciously pulling her a little closer. Persephone's steady breathing was interrupted as she mumbled something unintelligible and laced the tiny fingers of her right hand together with Hades. His breath caught in his throat, but then a small crown of blue flowers sprung up in her hair. She even does it in her sleep, Hades chuckled, eyelids finally getting heavy. He placed a gentle kiss amongst the blue flowers and let himself slide back into slumber, slowly stroking the back of her hand with his thumb. End of chapter one. If you want to read more of Distraction or more work like this, then search for Jesse Ellis on archiveofourown.org, and you can also find Jesse in the Lore Olympus Discord server. Let's celebrate these writers, these actors, and of course Rachel for giving us something to write about and talk about. If you enjoyed something you heard, please reach out to that person and let them know. I have told you the handles of all the people who are involved in the making of this fan fiction podcast episode, so let them know you enjoy their work. Let them know you enjoy their voice. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this. And if you really, really enjoyed this, consider buying me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash girlwonderpodcast. A coffee is $3 and it helps support my SoundCloud hosting fee. I'm Joe Rochelle, checking on Tuesdays for new episodes of Girl Wonder. Bye.